The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders on the planet. On today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Leslie Envelu, the CEO of African Risk Capacity based in Cape Town, South Africa. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Good, good afternoon, Nick. Thank you very much for having me on the show today. Leslie, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and really looking forward to hearing about your career today and also the really fascinating work that you're doing there at African Risk Capacity. So, Leslie, if you could just give us a little bit of background into your career before ARC. I know you've worked in several international insurance markets, so perhaps you could give the listeners a bit more of a background into that time. Sure. So I sort of fell into the insurance business because it seems to be the sort of industry that people generally fall into. Nobody starts out their life uh, hoping to sell insurance for a living. <laughs> I uh, have been in the insurance and asset management industry for about uh, 20 years now. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm originally from Zimbabwe and I moved uh, to the UK initially to go to university. And after university, I sort of stuck around. I worked at Deloitte for a few years in the corporate finance team. And then I moved down to Bermuda, where I joined an asset management company. And I was part of the institutional investment team managing money for insurance companies around the world. So I was in Bermuda for uh, several years before I moved on to Singapore to be the chief investment officer of AXA in Singapore. I did that for a few years as well. And then I got an offer to work in the head office of AXA. And I was at the time, the chief of staff to uh, the current chairman of AXA, uh, Denis Duverne. After working with Denis for a few years, I then moved on to head up corporate finance and strategy for the global asset management business before being appointed the CEO of Access Lloyds of London Syndicate. And this was before the uh, Access acquisition of Catlin. So after the acquisition of Excel Catlin, we then merged the two uh, syndicates and I joined the combined uh, Axa Excel business. But, you know, having lived outside of Africa for close to 20 years, I really felt a yearning to go back and to use my knowledge, skills and experience to do something that uh, would have a really positive impact on the African population. And it is at that point that I decided to join the African Risk Capacity because it's an extremely innovative business thinking and solutions to public sector problems. So I I will start by describing the problem that we're trying to solve and then explain to your listeners uh, how exactly we go about solving it. Traditionally, countries have managed their disaster risks by taking out the begging bowl after the disaster to raise money for relief efforts. 
this method is extremely slow and inefficient because by the time a country has raised enough money to solve the problem, too much time has passed and the problem has become even worse. In the case of drought, uh, you only raise the money at a point when people are literally starving to death. In the case of a flood, the money is raised after waterborne diseases like cholera, like typhoid have uh, taken hold. So what we aim to do through the African Risk Capacity is to provide insurance coverage to African sovereigns, and this gives them the money that they need to be able to respond very quickly as parametric insurance can pay out in as little as five to 10 business days because it is quite simple in the way it's set up. If the insured event meets the parametric trigger, then this uh, leads to a payout without the need for the traditional loss adjustment process, which uh, takes up a lot of time. So then this mechanism gives the country, uh, the countries the money that they need to be able to quickly respond to uh, disasters. So African risk capacity has been extremely uh, successful. We have to date paid out uh, close to $61 million in claims. And as you know, a dollar in insurance payouts saves $4 down the road. And this is backed by a number of uh, scientific studies that have been carried out. So the cumulative economic impact that we have had is $240 million, and it's something that we are immensely proud of at the African Risk Capacity. And it is precisely the work that I hope to expand on using my international skills and experience. Leslie, that is completely inspiring. And I, I doubt there's very few insurance leaders in the world who can actually see the direct impact of their work and the, the relief that you give to those countries and those particular people in their, in their times of need. In terms of transitioning from UK London insurance market to, to working back in Africa, how, how have you find that? It has been really like Charles Dickens' tale of two cities in the sense that I am personally energized by the scope of the challenge because I we have a very good platform now and I believe that we can do a lot more with it. So every day I am really looking for ways to do things better and to have more impact. However, on the other hand, the transition coincided with the lockdowns due to COVID-19. So this has presented quite a number of challenges yeah. and I will categorize them in three buckets. The first one has been on our, the impact on our company on the financial side. As you know, the financial markets have reacted extremely negatively to the impact of COVID-19, and yeah. our investment portfolio is down about 6%. And this means that from a solvency standpoint, we are a bit squeezed because we have uh, this huge unrealized loss coming out of our investment uh, portfolio. You know, that said, uh, I think I should very quickly point out that we are mainly invested in a high-grade fixed income portfolio. So we don't expect a lot of defaults in our portfolio. 
Sure. So then as the bonds repay at par, we expect there will be a reversal of the unrealized loss. But uh, since we use mark-to-market accounting, this has an immediate negative impact. The second big impact has been on our ability to work. Like most businesses, we were set up to work from an office with all the stuff in one location and uh, flying out to meet with clients wherever they may be. And this model has been severely tested under COVID-19. So we have, it has taken us quite a bit of adjustment to get to a point where we can work all together in a manner that is effective and efficient. And then the final one is maybe a more personal one in the sense that I didn't get the chance to spend a lot of time with my new team and we have uh, had to just get on with it without having the benefit of forming close personal relationship, being able to have lunch, have dinner together, bump into each other into the, in, in the corridors. Mm. So this part has been particularly challenging. But four months into it, we have found a way to cope and things are really looking bright. Fantastic. Leslie, I'm sure our listeners will be really inspired to hear what you're doing over there in terms of the relief and helping people do you have any statistics on the number of people that have been helped by that 240 million dollar paid out in claims yes uh, we keep very good statistics on on this we have helped approximately 5.9 million people through uh, our insurance product which is a massive uh, impact that is incredible. That is incredible. That is that is so inspiring. And Leslie, if, if I may, you, you've got a, a very wide range and a very deep insurance experience gathered, gathered in your time in London and in, and in Singapore. What do you think that you can bring to ARC that might be lacking there already or particular expertise from the international market? What I'm really hoping to bring to ARC is increased scale and impact. And in this regard, I would like to leverage my knowledge and connections in the London market to scale up what we are doing, uh, taking advantage of the reinsurance markets. Because if we want to increase the impact that we have and reach more people, we need to underwrite more business, but we don't have the balance sheet strength to retain all the business that we're originating. Sure. So if we are to be able to place it in the international markets, we need to develop much closer relationships with reinsurers and also with the ILS market, because then this is what will really allow us to scale. Great. Leslie, thank you for providing that background to you. And I think it's very important for our listeners to hear the context in which we discuss the answers to the rest of our conversation today. So, Leslie, before before I start, as we're in the insurance coffee house today, what is your coffee of choice on a on a Monday morning? My coffee of choice is a double espresso. I swear by that every every single morning to get myself started. Fantastic, and no doubt then you'll be looking forward to our espresso round later on. If I can now move on to the main body of our questions today. Leslie, what do you personally do on a daily basis that helps set you up for a successful day? 
that is a very interesting question and I'll give maybe an anecdote before I get around to answer answering it. Throughout my career, I've moved around a lot in terms of uh, working in different countries. But what makes it easy for me to transition from one country to the other is having a routine because when I follow my routine, I never really feel like I've uh, changed countries or circumstances. And the three things I always do. Number one, I exercise on a regular basis. I am a, a marathoner. Uh, in fact, I, I could even say that uh, I am a full-time marathoner and a part-time insurer. Yeah. Uh, I try to get 10 kilometers in every single day, plus uh, a 20-kilometer long run uh, over the weekend. I find that this helps keep, keep me in good health. And as you know, uh, a healthy body leads to a healthy mind, and it makes me focused. Uh, the second thing is that I am very organized about what I want to achieve uh, during the day. So I set out a, a to-do list that I stick by, and I don't let emails drive my prioritization. And the final thing I do is spend time with my family. So I try to have dinner with my family every single day. It's cheating a little bit because COVID-19 and lockdowns make, make it a lot easier. But even when I'm traveling, uh, I make it a point that I have dinner with my family as much as I can. Fantastic, Leslie. And I really enjoy what you say about the routine. And no matter where you are in the world, if you keep your routine the same, then you're setting the same standards no matter where you are that day. Leslie, we understand that to be a successful insurance business leader, there's often been some adversity to overcome along the way. So can I ask you, as well as your biggest achievement in your career, what's also been your largest setback and how have you gone about overcoming that? That is another very interesting question. And in my case, I think my greatest achievement and my greatest uh, setback are all linked to the same point. I have had the fortune of working in a number of different roles, but I don't hesitate to say that my biggest achievement was the successful launch of a Lloyd's of London syndicate in 2016. AXA had traditionally been a retail insurer. Yeah. And they were looking to get into the commercial lines uh, space. So I worked to get that set up. And we had looked at the Lloyd's market because it's a very attractive market with specialty insurance and a global reach from one uh, location. So we set up the, the syndicate and it was a great success. However, with the acquisition of Catlin, AXA also then got the largest, one of the largest syndicates within Lloyd's. And in fact, there wasn't any need to continue building the syndicate that we were building within Lloyd's since AXA already had ownership of one of the largest syndicates. I was then given the responsibility of having to close down uh, the syndicate. It was an extremely difficult period for me because I had to let go of many of my colleagues, which I had uh, worked tirelessly to convince to join us in the, in the first place. And the way I overcame it was dealing with the situation with a lot of sensitivity to the 
needs and the state of mind of my colleagues by showing a lot of empathy and leading really from the front, uh, making myself available to them at all times. And despite the negativity and the difficulty that we, that we were all facing at the time, I think my colleagues really appreciated my efforts. I am reminded of the time I went down to Mauritius uh, to close down our Mauritius office because we had set up a cover holder in Mauritius. And at the end of giving everyone their severance letters, uh, the staff turned around and they gave me a farewell gift. I was really touched by this gesture and it's something that uh, I keep very close to my heart uh, even up to this day. So, Leslie, would you say from that, that terribly hard situation that you found yourself in, acting with modesty and humbleness actually helped the situation for, for the employees and, and actually you, you got some good feedback at the end of it, even though it was a, a terrible situation? It's because uh, there is never an easy way to tell somebody that they're losing their job especially when it's not uh, their fault. So you have to be really uh, humble and also sensitive to what the person is is, is going through. Leslie, we we touched on it earlier that most insurance professionals fall into the industry rather than coming to the industry by choice. When was your light bulb moment when it all clicked into place for you and you knew you could be successful in insurance? I don't think I, I can ascribe it to a specific if event, but it was more of a gradual realization. I started out my career in, in corporate finance, and then I worked in investments. Even though I was managing money for insurance clients, insurance was something that was kind of in the in the background. But the realization for me came when I moved to the AXA head office in, in Paris because then I started to become more exposed and be much closer to the insurance business. And in some strange way, it is very similar to investments, because when you are investing, you think about risk and reward, you think about volatility of your investment returns, you think about the maximum loss that you are comfortable with, and these concepts translate themselves very well into the insurance uh, industry. So you can look at different problems using more or less the same lens. Fantastic. So your skills and your expertise were very, very transferable. Leslie, who's been the most influential mentor or leader you've had in your career? I've had the good fortune of working with uh, Denny Duvern, the chairman of AXA. I worked with him for two years, and this has been by far the best uh, two years of my professional career. He's somebody that I really look up to within the insurance industry. Uh, He is extremely smart and experienced, but then you can say that probably about a lot of people. But what I found really unique about him was that he had detailed knowledge about every single area of operation in an in an insurance company and he was extremely patient with me in the numerous no doubt stupid questions that i used to pose <laughs> to him 
And uh, I also greatly admired his dedication and his application. He treated every issue and situation with the utmost level of seriousness. And finally, uh, he was extremely down to earth and very approachable and uh, an all round decent human being. Uh, he is the standard that I try to hold myself up to uh, every single day, often without much success, but uh, I try every single day. Fantastic inspirational leader for you. I'd like you to now have a look into the future. How do you see things developing over the next three to five years? And how do you think insurance business leaders should be adapting so they can be successful in those times? A bit biased in the answer to this question, given my own recent career transition. But I strongly believe that insurance is going to be pushed in the direction of sustainability because this is what our clients are demanding of us. Mm. And there is much greater awareness and sensitivity in the world to sustainability. And sustainability in insurance I think, manifests itself uh, both on the asset side, you know, in terms of how insurers invest their assets, and on the underwriting side, in terms of how insurers take up uh, in underwriting risks. You have seen uh, large groups like AXA exit uh, the dirty coal industry, exit the tobacco industry not just from an investment standpoint, but also from an underwriting standpoint. Mm -hmm. So I believe that this is a trend that will only uh, accelerate because as insurers, I think we have a wider responsibility to generate, to just generating uh, 15% ROE for our shareholders, but also making the world a genuinely better place. Uh, You cannot deny the impact of, climate change uh, in terms of how it's reshaping uh, risks in the world and the insurance industry should be at the forefront of being uh, the solution, an important point that we should all be paying attention to. Thank you, Leslie. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will will certainly agree with you on this sustainability point and it's great to actually hear someone in a position like you discussing insurance in, in those terms and, and not just talking about bottom line figures. So thank you, Leslie. That's that's a really great insight into your thought process. Leslie, if I may, we'll, we'll now push forward to the espresso round, which is short, sharp, and the questions are straight to the point. So Leslie, can I ask you, are you ready for the espresso round? I am ready. Let's go. The espresso round. Leslie, what is your favorite success quote? Thomas Edison. A genius is 90% perspiration and 10% inspiration. Fantastic. And is that something you try and live by in your, in your own life, in your own career? It's something I've realized through trial and error. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty with that. Leslie, what is the number one thing you see holding back insurance professionals from being more successful? To my mind, I think in the insurance industry, we don't think broadly enough outside of just uh, insurance. They're just taking the time to understand everything else that is going on in the world and how it impacts 
our industry. It's obviously easy for me to say because I started my career outside of the insurance industry. And in in your business there at ARC, how do you drive forward the standards of the industry there? So I am obsessive about technical excellence. Uh, underwriting is the lifeblood of our of our industry. If you are not making underwriting profits, you are going to be out of business uh, very soon. And the second point that I emphasize is the client relationship. In the insurance industry, most of the time, we outsource the client relationship to brokers, but we should at all times keep in mind that our end client is not the broker. There is a company, there is a person at the end of the insurance contract, and that's who we should be striving to serve at all times. In terms of different markets, whether you're with a broker or direct, do you find it sometimes an easier business whether it is direct with that end end customer or obviously appreciate the the benefits of distribution via a broker? But do you find that's an easier model to work with? Generally speaking, the broker model is the easiest model to work with because on the retail side of the business, brokers help bring you scale. And on the commercial line side of the business, Brokers help a client understand what they want. So by the time they come to the insurer, they can articulate what their needs are. And if they had this initial conversation with the insurer, then it would be a very slow and painstaking process. And it would also introduce a conflict of interest, given that the broker is more uh, neutral. That said, however, uh, once the initial contact has been made, we should be working as an industry to serve the uh, needs of the final client and not just accepting what the client is saying, but also helping the client think through other measures that they could take, such as risk management, uh, risk mitigation, because what the client is really interested in at the end of the day is not paying a premium but ensuring that they are protected from a particular risk. And insurance is only one aspect of the solution. Sure. Thank you, Leslie. What does ARC do to develop talent and maximize chances of being successful leaders of the future? So we operate on using very few principles. Firstly, we like to expose our employees to as many aspects of the business as possible because this helps our employees find the area of the business that they are most interested in. But it also has the secondary benefit of creating an employee base that's sufficiently knowledgeable about what the different parts of the business uh, do, and they can have a more holistic view of the overall business business model. And I, I find that this is extremely helpful both to the company and to the employees. Broadly speaking, we aim to align the personal interest and motivations of our employees with opportunities within the company. When it comes to promotions, promote uh, internally as much as we possibly can and only bring in people externally in the rare instances where we are not able to find someone internally or train one of our own. 
Great. It sounds like a great company to be at to develop and serve your career. Obviously, the state sustainability and the work that you're doing, giving help to people in famine and um, drought situations would be a, a fantastic reason for somebody to, to work there and really stands you out against other uh, competitors, I'm sure, when it comes to bringing in talent. Leslie, when, when you hire people externally, do you look for people like yourself who've got that expertise in, in other international markets or do you look for homegrown people who might have a better understanding or a more nuanced understanding of the market conditions on the ground there? In, in fact, we, we, we do do both because we believe what will make us successful is having a blend of the two, uh, two skills, people that have been exposed internationally and have a good sense of the international benchmark of doing things, yeah. working alongside people that have a very nuanced view uh, of the market. Leslie, if I can finish off the espresso round by asking you, if you woke up tomorrow with all of the knowledge and the experience that you've built up over the years, but, but your company wasn't there for any reason, how would you go about starting your career again? And what, what steps would you take to build up a new insurance career? It is quite simple. I, I will uh, start coding because as we said earlier, there is going to be this interface of data in the traditional insurance business model. And I would also continue to work in the sustainability space. Parametric insurance, marrying the two, sustainability on one hand and also data on the other. So I'm pretty sure that I would end up in exactly this space uh, in a slightly different way. It sounds like you've got the absolute perfect role for you there, Leslie. Leslie, thank you so much for your time today. We, we really appreciate having you on. Before you go, can I ask for, for your one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about contacting you after the show? The best way to contact me is on uh, LinkedIn. So Leslie Jovu, uh, I, I, I'm not that difficult to find because I'm one, on one of the two people uh, who are called that. Uh, and I really welcome the opportunity to, collect, to connect with uh, fellow professionals, uh, share ideas, because this is the best way to grow as a leader and as a person. Fantastic. And that mantra is, is very, very inspiring. Thank you, Leslie. And just to let our listeners aware, as ever, we will be posting Leslie's LinkedIn profile on the show notes. So you can click straight through to that and you'll, you'll be able to send Leslie a message or a, or an invite connection. Leslie, thank you so much for your time today. I think it's been a really, really inspiring conversation and the experience that you have and, and have built up over the years will no doubt stand you in great stead for, for the position you have at the moment. Thank you very much for inviting me, Nick, and I hope you'll invite me back some other time. We certainly will. We certainly will. Thank you, Leslie. And to all of our insurance business leaders out there, whether you're based in the UK, the United States or in Africa, we thank you for listening today. And I'm sure you would have gained some really valuable learnings and insights from from Leslie. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review on your podcast app and make sure that you download and subscribe the show so that you receive each one of our episodes directly into your inbox. Till next time, I've been Nick Hoadley and this has been the Insurance Coffee House. 
Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.